Hi guys, welcome to the eighth episode of the second season of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. We have been breaking down all kinds of details about online content creation. And today I have five tips for you. If you are working on building your brand's online presence, so I hope these are encouraging and super, super helpful for you. But really quickly, before we dive in today, I want to tell you about something I'm really excited about. I just sat down and spent my entire day pulling together all the resources that I've been hinting at here and there throughout this season, mainly because quite a few of you have reached out to me and told me, oh, I have to listen to episode blank and blank again. And I'm going to listen to the whole season again and take notes this time. And it dawned on me, it would probably be really helpful if I pulled together my thoughts and I sat down and did that. And I basically created a little course that you can walk through in four days at your own pace. It's called 12 Tips for Growing My Online Reach Painlessly. And it's not anything earth shattering or even anything that you haven't heard me at least hint at throughout this podcast season. But my hope is that by giving you this kind of a checklist form and breaking it down for you over the course of four lessons, I think it's going to make it more manageable and really be useful content for you if growing your online platform is something that you're interested in, which I'm guessing since you're here listening to this podcast season, it might be. So go check it out at solelyrested.com slash create right there at the top of the page. I've given you all the information about this new resource that I just created and uploaded for you, and I'm really excited about it. Oh, and I don't think I mentioned, did I mention? It's totally free. So don't hesitate. Go sign up, download it, and get started. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested. Because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. So I hope you're doing fantastic. If you are listening as I'm releasing this, it is springtime and it is wonderful. Spring in New England, it's my favorite season in the world. Okay. I haven't really experienced every season across the entire world, but from all the seasons I've experienced, honestly, ah, it's great. I love it. So I hope everything is great where you are. Um, Before we even really start today, I want to say something. I don't know if I've made this clear throughout this season, but I definitely want to let you know that I am far from an expert at anything we talk about, really, not just this season, but, you know, homesteading and uh, real food and everything. I feel like, I mean, I kind of am starting to wonder now that I'm in my 50s and I, I don't know. It's weird that I'm 51 and honestly, I feel like I'm still 13 in some ways, as far as I'm still always learning, I'm still always making mistakes. Um, I'm starting to think that all of our life is just this learning process. 
And I honestly hope when I'm 81, I am still learning. I hope I'm maybe not making quite so many mistakes, <laughs> but I hope I'm still learning. So take everything this whole season with little bits of grain of salt here and there in the sense that, yes, I have worked in marketing my entire life since in college on. Um, yes, I you know, have my degrees in writing and I love writing. Um, yes, I have successfully figured out how to seriously make income from having a blog and doing the other things I do with Solely Rested, but I'm still learning in every one of those categories. So a few things I'm going to share with you today, I haven't even taken the time to really flesh out for myself and my own brand. I, I'm so busy. I have, I have quite a few different jobs actually, but running solely rested and doing my writing, that's only like a tiny portion of my day or week or year. (laughs) And I really love every job that I have, honestly. But one thing that I do spend a lot of my time on is helping others who are either, they already have very established, wonderful, large brands, and I help them with keeping things organized as like a project manager. And I love um, keeping blog schedules organized, getting interviews set up for my clients, um, and working with affiliate connections. I love doing that with connecting a client to a perfect brand that has a product that they love and they can work together. Um, I'm really not sure why I'm telling you all this. Um, I, I know what my point was (laughs) that I spend a whole lot of time doing these neat things for others and I love it. And the funny thing is, is that I still haven't done a lot of these things for solely rested because there's only so many times in a day, right? Okay. So the five tips that I have for you, and I've been saying this all season, by the way, whether you have a little brick and mortar store, an Etsy shop, no matter what the product is you're selling, or if you just want to have a blog and figure out a way to grow that and make an income from it, whatever it is, there's a really solid, good reason to have an online presence where you're creating great content. And honestly, the best place to kind of serve as your wheelhouse for that content is always going to be a website. So I'm going to start with some thoughts there. First of all, Um, the first tip I have for you, I actually talked about this some back in episode six of this season. Um, You want to choose a really good hosting platform. I started off myself when I was blogging with a free platform and I wound up kicking myself again and again. And honestly, truth be told, I almost just gave up on blogging when the time came that I had grown just enough. I mean, I wasn't, I was just little still, but I'm still just a little presence online, but I was to the point that I, I really wanted to monetize and I couldn't do that on a free platform. So at that point, I came really close to just throwing in the towel and giving it all up because it was that complicated in changing to a platform where I could monetize. So I say this just to explain that I highly recommend, if at all possible, if you really are 
wanting to build an online presence, don't go the free route. It's only, I mean, it's not that much. I probably shouldn't quote prices because I'm not even positive, but it's really not that much. And it's well, well worth it. And very easily in just a matter of weeks or a month or two, you could definitely figure out the monetization that will more than pay your hosting for the year. So I use HostGator, um, DreamHost. I am told by a fellow colleague who really knows his tech stuff is also a great choice. I will leave more information and links in the show notes. Actually, you know what? No, I don't want to send you the show notes because it kind of gets for everything in this season. I'm sending you to solelyrested.com slash create. So I will leave links there for more information about hosting platforms. If you would like that. Um, the second tip is kind of related. Well, maybe I should back up Lisa Bass and I back in what episode was that? Um, Lisa was episode goodness. Why can't I find it? Three episode three, Lisa and I talked about different choices when you're starting your blog and what platform to use. So not hosting provider, but what actual platform to build your blog on. And her and I both 100% throw our entire set of hats into the ring with WordPress. I don't know what that saying was that I just came up with out of the blue. I don't know what that meant really, (laughs) but Lisa and I both agreed that WordPress is the way to go. I think it's really easy to learn. I think it is very user-friendly. I am not a tech person. I do not know code at all. I've never written code in my life, but I have customized my WordPress site on my own just by playing around with it and learning what I needed to know. So I highly recommend going with WordPress, but I also, this really is my second tip, what I'm getting to, I also want to point out to you that so many people out there use the free WordPress themes that it just becomes very, I don't want to say cheesy, but when someone comes to your site, it's just blah. And it's like, oh, I can't, I can't explain what I'm trying to say. It just doesn't really have a professional feel and it definitely does not have a branded feel, which it's really important to, to give this appearance, right? To someone. So they know no matter where they come across you, whether it's on your Facebook page or your website or your Etsy shop or whatever it is that they know it's you and that they really get, um, a, a feeling, a theme from you of what your point is and how you can help them. And it's really hard to do all that with just a generic WordPress theme that is so common. People feel like it's the same site that they looked at just 10 minutes ago, but it's a totally different site. So um, I will leave a link to one or two options that you might want to look into of designers that you can actually just hire someone, just an online designer for relatively cheap that will do different things for you, but they can set up your site entirely, or they can just sell you a theme that you then can install on your WordPress site and go from there. Um, So that's definitely worth considering. So not only decide a good hosting platform and avoid the free, also decide if you have a way that you can customize your theme of your WordPress site and also stay away from the free themes if you can. 
Then my third tip um, is to really learn some information about search engine optimization, SEO. Super important. If you are building a website to understand how to get your website to come up when people do Google searches that relate to whatever it is you can help them with. It's a, it's not a simple, easy win solution. It's not something you can learn overnight. I will leave links at solelyrested.com slash create to the way that I learned SEO. It's a great course. I highly recommend. Um, it's called, I think it's called sticky blogging. I think Kelly of sticky blogging. Um, I'll leave the link for you, but you also can spend time just Googling SEO and, and finding the free content out there about how to learn it. You can find YouTube videos about it, I'm sure. But basically, you want to, um, I was just thinking, my, <laughs> I hate the way my brain is so scattered. Kelly actually offers a free course. So that's what I'm going to leave you the link to. There's actually a free resource for you to get you started on learning more about SEO. Um, that's part of the sticky blogging course. So I will leave that link for you at solelyrested.com slash create. I have everything organized on that page, by the way, as we've been going through it. So the information and links from episode one is going to be the first thing you come across and scroll down till you get to the content for episode eight and you'll find what I'm talking about now. Okay. Um, basically with SEO, you want to decide the best wording. Like you want to, that's the first hard part is, okay, whatever your article is that you're writing about on your website or whatever your landing page, the homepage is whatever words are on there. You really want to choose a succinct set of words or a, a succinct phrase that Google sees as what that page or that article is all about. And the way, well, first of all, the way you can choose those words would be to spend some time Googling things related to what your blog post or your landing page is going to be about and see what Google gives you. You know how you, you can type in the first word or two and Google gives you lots of ideas for what your next third or fourth word might be. So that's one way to start. I will also leave links, a link I should say, to a great free resource that will help you work through that and help you choose those special words that you want to let Google know. Um, it's like a, a search engine to help you know if it's valuable words, if that makes sense. Like if Google cares about these words, if people are searching for these words. Um, but once you've decided those maybe two, three words or a short phrase, you then want to make sure you repeat that at least, I don't know, two, three, four times in your article or on that landing page. And you want to be sure you're putting that phrase in a subtitle. And if possible, you can even, if you can, use that phrase in your title of your blog post. And you also can even use that phrase on your picture descriptions of the pictures you have on that landing page. All of those different ways tell Google, oh, this website or this landing page or this blog article is about X, Y, or Z. And 
Then after you've built your page or your blog post using those techniques, um, by the way, I'm just giving you a really simple scenario, if that makes sense. Like there's so much more. I don't want to make you think that after you listen to these few tips about SEO for Michelle, oh, you're good to go. No, unfortunately there, there is more, <laughs> but, but this is to get you started thinking about it. Um, after you've done that and you've built the, a really nice page that lets Google know what it's about, then you have to let Google know that other people care about it. Like it could be the best, most well-written thing. And you could have done a great job of using these special words and repeating them. But unless Google sees that people are going there, Google isn't going to pay any attention to you. Did I say in the beginning of this, why it matters if Google cares? I mean, I think that's probably obvious, but maybe I should explain that you want when people search those three words that you have made the keywords of your page, you want to come up high on that first page of their Google search. So that's the idea to help people find you. A great way to show Google that your landing page matters is to get it pinned a whole lot. Pinterest is pretty much just a search engine. So when people are on there pinning your landing page again and again, then more people are going to find it. And then Google is going to go, oh, people are going to this page. So learn about Pinterest, learn how to get your pages pinned and pinned again and again and pinned well and often. And also another thing to keep in mind is backlinks. If you can find other people in your industry, in your niche, who have a really good Google ranking because they're a big website and you could convince them that your content is so valuable that it might really be helpful to their readers or their customers and maybe they'd be willing to link to your content. That's really huge in Google's eye because when Google sees that this other great big page, let's say that you wrote about wind sailing and there's a really great website where they sell all the wind sailing gear and they have hundreds and thousands of people coming to their site every month buying this great gear. If you could convince them that something you wrote about being a beginner wind sailor would be great content for their readers and they could really see value in it and they link to you, then Google goes, oh, this great wind sailing site that people love sees value in this little article over here. So I'll start sending people there too. Hope that makes sense. The fourth tip that I have for you is it's very important to set up an email service. You have different choices. Actually, you have lots of different choices. <laughs> um, I'm just going to mention three. The one that I started out with, you know what, before I mention those, I should explain why this matters. Um, having a mail list, an email list is a great way to get people viewing your content, which again is going to boost your SEO. It's going to boost your views on Google. And it's just overall going to really help you build your online presence. So if you have an email service and you are able to use that to show people the great content that you're creating and you have them going and looking at it, that's fantastic. So I started off with MailChimp because it was entirely free. I believe it still is. 
I think it's up what it was for me. I don't know if they still have this. It was up to a thousand subscribers. You didn't pay a penny for their service, but it took me a long time after I passed a thousand to get around to changing my email subscriber. And I, I forked out way too much money to MailChimp. Um, I mean, it's an okay platform and I, I don't have any complaints about it, but I just was, I was distraught at how much money I was giving them when they didn't have the big bells and whistles that something like ConvertKit does. And if you are starting off and you already have like a basis that you know you're going to have a lot of email subscribers pretty quickly, I would recommend a great service like ConvertKit because they're they're built for the big folks, for the folks who have a large audience. I have never personally used it, but I have clients who do, so I'm familiar with it. And it's a good service and they have good customer service. Um, But I personally use Flowdesk and I have been really pleased with them for a whole lot of reasons. On top of that, there's a special I can offer you. I'll put the link on the solelyrested.com slash create page if you're interested. It's half price and it's guaranteed to stay half price for the life of the service that you use it. And on top of that, this is the thing I love about Flowdesk. The price never goes up like forever. Even once I reach 10,000 subscribers, my price is not going to increase. And that's not true with any other mail service that I found. They always go up incrementally as you grow, the cost grows. So that's my little plug for Flowdesk. But whoever you choose, just know that it's very valuable to have a list of, of emails that you have access to at any time. So if social media goes totally crazy and wacko and blocks anything that you put up and nobody sees your content, it's okay because you can always access the inboxes of all the people who are interested in what you have to say. And one more thing about that. Um, a few of you actually have asked me over on Instagram, I often get messages from you guys about this season of the podcast, and I've been so excited about how helpful so many of you have found it. And a few of you have asked me specifically, not necessarily what email service I use, but how I recommend you get started with an email platform and how you use it to build your blog or to build your website content or to build your website views, I should say. So let me break that down for you as simply maybe as I can. Let me think. Um, You want to create things that are called funnels. It's called a funnel because it funnels people into eventually whatever it is that you might have to sell. If you don't have any digital products that you're selling, that's okay. You can still create these funnels And once you do have some sort of a digital product, you can add it on at the end stage of the funnel. So anyone who's new and coming into your email service, you can add it on. So at the end, your your emails that they're getting in their inbox wind up pointing them to whatever the product is that you would love to sell them. But you don't have to have that. Um, So ideally, I would recommend that you have in the beginning, just one funnel is totally fine. But once you've built up your website and you have quite a few great pieces of content on there, like maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 blog posts that are just really detailed, great information, then it's time to think about 
having maybe three funnels, maybe even four, and have them in the categories of your content. Because not most of us are out there creating content on just one category. If you think about it, no matter what it is that you're selling or promoting, there's probably categories to it. Let me give you, let me break it down how it works for me. Okay, let's say I write about, I write a lot about kombucha. I write a lot about maple syrup. And, and I write about making maple syrup, like how you tap your trees and how you boil the sap. And also I write a lot about baking with maple syrup. So I kind of have two categories under maple syrup. I love writing about gardening. Um, I have some content about homeschooling. If you don't know, I've homeschooled my four daughters for 20 years. It's a topic near and dear to my heart. And I have written a good bit of content about that on my site. Uh, I write about raising teens. I write about chickens. I write about real food and how to like make your DIY substitutes and stop buying stuff at the store. So, And how many is that? What did I say? I I think that's seven different things. I think if I left up the right amount of fingers as I was talking, um, that's way too much, right? That, that would be confusing to somebody. The idea is when they come to your homepage of your site, that right there, you give them categories, like this is what this site is about. And if I had seven categories, that's just too much. And it's kind of frustrating for a person, like what the heck is Michelle writing about? Um, So let's say I lump together um, homeschooling and raising teens. That can definitely be lumped together under parenting or something like that. I might not call it parenting, but something like that. Um, The gardening and the chickens and maybe the real food, even maybe the kombucha, maybe all that, and the maple syrup, baking with maple syrup, maybe all that could be combined into something like real food or I guess, you know what? No, because homesteading, the chickens and the gardening, that should probably be homesteading. And then maybe real food and maple syrup and kombucha could all be like real food of some sort. So then I have my three topics instead of seven. And then I want to create something that's irresistible to anybody who reads any article in any of those categories. So ideally, every blog post I've ever written I can figure out one of those three categories that it fits in. And at the end of that blog post, I give a call to action that the person who just read all this great content I gave them about how to make lilac sugar can then be told, if you would like a free download about whatever it would be that I decided to create for real food, maybe I create a recipe book. And at the end of the lilac sugar post, I offer them a free recipe book. One of the recipes even uses lilac sugar and lots of other great substitutes you can use as sweeteners and ways to bake with maple syrup. Get this entire free recipe book. Just plop in your email right here and I'll shoot it over to you right away. So then... If I do that for every post, I also do that something for homesteading, like get 20 tips um, for how to get your homestead organized this year or whatever. That really wouldn't work well for gardening. I'd have to think that through. Um, Anyway, I could eventually I'd figure this out and I'd create some great printable that's related to gardening and homesteading. And I'd do the same thing. You know, now that you've read all this content I just gave you about chickens and how to set up your chicken coop and clean it, 
you get to the end and I say, wouldn't you love this great homestead printable that's going to make things easier and better on your homestead? And then every blog post that I've ever written, I would go back and I would add these three funnels that hopefully people would find irresistible and they would give me their email and I would set it up on my Flowdesk account, an automatic sequence of what emails they would receive day by day, or maybe I'd skip a day and they'd get the emails every other day in their inbox for maybe three or four sets of emails that would give them valuable content on one of those three themes. And you can also set it up on Flowdesk that the second they hit enter and they give you their email, you can immediately send them to a page on your website, or you can send them to a Flowdesk form if you would rather, but I always send them to my website because why not get more views on my website? Again, Google and SEO love to see people coming to your site, right? So I'll send them to a page on my website where I instantly give them that freebie, whatever it was, they get it immediately. And then for the next three days or the next six days, if I'm doing it every other day, they'll get an email in their inbox with more great content about whatever that topic is. At the end of that, series of emails, that's when I offer them if they were um, in my series that has to do with kombucha, I will explain to them if you want to know more about DIY kombucha and you want to know how to guarantee your carbonation, how to make sure your temperature is always correct when you're brewing, you know, whatever it is that I offer in my freebie, I'm sorry, not in my freebie, in my course, (laughs) Um, for just X amount, I can even offer them a a discount coupon code maybe. Here's my course, go try it out. It's a 14-day guarantee. If you're not happy, I hope you love it. And after they spent those three days worth of emails, getting to know me, getting to learn more about real food or kombucha or chickens or whatever, they're more eager to then invest in one of the products that I've made that will make things even easier for them. So I feel like that was a really, really long explanation of an email funnel, but hopefully it gave you some inspiration and some ideas. And if you want to know more about that, maybe we can do a whole episode more, you know, just on that. So let me know if, if that's something you want to know even more about, because I feel like I didn't do the best, I, the best examples of explaining all that. Um, Oh, and to create your irresistible download, maybe that could be a whole nother episode too. Um, I use Canva Pro. I'll leave a link to that at solelyrested.com slash create as well. I highly recommend it. It's fantastic in so many ways and it is well worth the upgrade. It's $10 a month, but it allows you to do so many things that you cannot get in the free version of Canva. So try it out in the free version. If you like it, definitely, I highly recommend the upgrade. And that's how I create almost all of my printables and eBooks, etc. Okay, so I think that was my fourth tip that you needed to set up an email service. My fifth and final tip is to get your presence out there on all social media presence or accounts, platforms, I'll get the word right, it's like dinner time. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired and hungry. <laughs> um, get your name out there on every social media platform that you're comfortable with. Don't spread yourself thin. I personally have chosen two 
And I'll be honest with you, I spend much more time on one than the other because I just enjoy it a whole lot more and it gives me more flexibility and ease of interacting directly with you guys. So the two places that you'll find me are Facebook and Instagram. And Instagram is where you'll find me a whole lot more. But you want to, and I'm on Pinterest too. I definitely have a Pinterest page. That's very important. You want to make all of them the same name as your website or your business or your blog. If you can make them exactly the same name and make the image the same as well, not just for branding purposes, but also just so people know immediately, oh, I'm in the right place, right? If they're looking for you, if they've found your website and they love it and they're looking for you on Facebook, they're going to be not quite sure it's you if there's a whole different look. So if they see the same picture that they saw of you on your website, they're going to be like, perfect, great. I'm going to follow her. Click. You have a new follower. So set up your accounts on social media as similar as you can to your website. Unfortunately on Instagram, I did not set that up in the beginning stages of creating my brand and someone else had already used my name solely rested S O U L Y rested. And I had to put a period in between. So it's solely period rested on Instagram. So unfortunately that might make it a tiny bit more difficult for someone to find me there. So I highly recommend setting up those social media accounts as soon as you pick your name and making them all match if you're able to. Okay. Shoo. Like I said, I'm getting hungry, so I'm going to wrap this up and go make some dinner. Um, I do want to tell you, I interviewed Lisa Bass back in episode, I already said this and I'm having to look again, episode three, and I highly recommend going back and listening to that episode if you're interested in knowing more about just behind the scenes with creating content on these social media platforms or on your blog. And I highly recommend Lisa's courses. A lot of the things that I've tiptoed around today, she outlines in great depth and teaches everything you need to know in these areas and a whole lot more to get you very successfully on your way to having your brand's online presence built quickly, effectively, and well. If you're interested in Lisa's classes or her online courses, they are create your blog dream and video for bloggers. And I highly recommend looking at both of them because she offers a great discount if you purchase both. And even if right now you're just setting up your website, there's so many reasons to have a YouTube channel as well, no matter what your business is. Trust me, there's going to be a reason down the road that you realize you really want to build a YouTube channel as well. So it'd be great to purchase both if you're in the market for just one because the discount's great, and then you have it there ready for you when you want to dive into the other aspect. Um, And Lisa's also just really great at helping you understand how to build an income on both of these platforms. So it's invaluable. I will leave a link to that as well, solelyrested.com slash create. And oh, I haven't even mentioned, always be sure whenever you get a chance to check out solelyrested.com slash coupons, because I always have something new and awesome on there. Whenever a different brand that I work with gives me an offer that is right where it goes. And what else did I want to tell you? (laughs) I guess I could just very briefly let you know what the other episodes are in this series. If this is the first one you're catching, 
you want to go back to the very first one, I broke down the myths. I did a myth busting about podcasting and how it's really not something difficult. And it really is something that you could do. I actually help others build their podcast and I have a lot of fun doing it. And the first thing I have to help them understand is that it really isn't overwhelming and it's really not as hard as people seem to think. So that's a fun episode. The second episode I interview Kate of Venison for Dinner. Oh, that one is a hoot. I love that episode. And she gives so many great tips. She gives nine really in-depth tips. And she talks about how to build a membership, which is a great way to monetize your platform. So check out episode two. Episode three, I've already told you, is Lisa Bass. Great tips there as well for content creation. Episode four, what was that one? Um, Oh, that one I was talking about how to build up your online presence while you're working full-time, maybe even working full-time in a career that has nothing to do with what you're trying to build online. But I just broke down some tips to really help you ease your way into that. Episode five was super fun with Liz Marie Galvan. We talked about brick and mortar stores and the challenges and the great benefits of brick and mortar. And episode six are six tips for newbies who are just starting out at content creation. And episode seven was a really fun interview I did with Veya over in the Italian Alps. It's so fun to connect with her. She has a great Instagram presence and we talked all about Instagram and how to build that platform effectively and have fun while you're doing it. So there you have it. There's the wrap up of what this episode, the episodes in this season are all about. And we have some more great content coming. So I will catch you then. I hope everything is fantastic in your neck of the woods.